0: we <laughs> Welcome in on the clock NFL draft show. This is a part of the toilets titles podcast network. This is episode number 38. This is the second riding with my guy Ephraim, my co-host at Mr. Irrelevant on the Twitter. Ephraim, how are we doing this evening?
1: Great. Got the new setup finally. Hopefully the sound quality is a little better than last week. We got a great guest and we got a great topic today, so I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, man. Everybody loves to hear about uh quarterbacks and we do have a great guest that's mr mark Schofield. when he's not exploring planets he's exploring death charts he's exploring the college classes the nfl draft class all right how are we doing mark
2: i'm doing well friends it's great to be here as you said look i have been playing a lot of starfield normally when you and i get together on a show we spend the next the first 20 minutes yeah talking about starfield or video games in general Thankfully for most of the listeners, who probably don't want to hear that. We did that before we hit record here. Um, so we kind of skipped that part. If you want to know about how we're doing at Starfield, feel free to hit us up in the DMs. But I think we're diving straight into the ball tonight.
0: Yeah, man. And I love the T-shirt. I love the they T-shirt. Go. Yeah. Looks good. It's a
2: lovely gift. It does look good to me. I like the color
0: yeah man yeah so all right we're, we're gonna dive into some quarterbacks there's a lot to touch on the i think there's three main quarterbacks from the 2023 class i'm gonna kind of pick your brain see how they've developed kind of how you expect them to develop if you thought they'd start out the gate um and uh we'll go from there we'll touch on the 2024 class because this class is exciting it's, yeah. it's very exciting we just actually completed our second Mock draft with me, Ephraim, and my guy Joe, the NFL draft team over at Toilets Titles. We, we finished our second mock draft. But we had five quarterbacks go. I think four or five go in the top ten. So it, it, it was it was pretty yeah. bananas. But Mark, let's let's touch on this 2023 class. It's come out of the gate with, with C.J. Stroud, and there was a lot of kind of uh, C.J. Stroud took some heat through this draft process, and he's proved some people wrong, me included. So what are your thoughts on C.J. Stroud and how he's performed?
2: You know, I think he's been very impressive um, from where I sit, you know, he was my QB one. Now, look, we got a long way to go before, you know, I'm going to start victory lap at things because I've been on the other side of this too. So, you know, it can, it can turn, but he's been very impressive in what's really stood out are of the things that we liked about him, right. Accuracy, ball placement, decision-making, subtle pocket movement, like all those sort of little things that add up to big things at the quarterback position. He does them extremely well. You know, I haven't looked at it to it into the numbers from this week, but up until this week, they've been one of the best teams, the Texans, in yardage after the catch. And I'm a big believer that that's in part a quarterback stat. Receivers can certainly contribute it, of course, but if you're throw it on time, in rhythm, put the football where it needs to be, lead and receivers away from the leverage of the nearest defender, you're going to create those opportunities for your receiver to then get that yardage after the catch. And that's something he's doing at an extremely high level. His eyes have been so good so far. You know, the touchdown he had to Woods this past week and Dan Olofsky did a quick video on it. You see him move that underneath defender, get that underneath defender to clear that zone just a little bit and come back and throw it on time and rhythm to that crossing route, working right to left. The pocket movement has been good. You know, he finally threw an interception. Interceptions are to be expected. I don't lose my mind over that with young quarterbacks. He's been very, very good so far. Now, look, a lot, of, a lot of football have to be played before, you know, I'm going to start taking victory laps here or anything like that, but he's been very good.
0: Right, and I like I like that he's got some young weapons, and he's like – Nico Collins coming out of yeah. his shell with C.J. Stroud. That says a lot about the quarterback – You know, Tank Dell, you know, is he a tweener? Is he a gadget guy? C.J. Stroud's making him look like an every down. I mean, Tank Dell's making himself look like it. But C.J. Stroud is allowing him to by feeding him in that way. Ephraim, what stood out to you about C.J. Stroud? I'll say,
1: first of all, you said that we got to kind of pump the brakes on naming him this number one quarterback because you look back a few years ago to when Mac Jones was the number one guy midway through his rookie year, Gardner Minshew. So there is that level, of you know, calming down and saying, okay, like, Give it a year, give it two years. But coming into the season, in the whole draft process in general, there were three main concerns with him. It was how does he deal with the pressure, right? 42 PFF grade under pressure at Ohio State. And there were a lot of games where he didn't play well under pressure. How are, is how are he going to do without these amazing college football weapons where, you know, like Marvin Harrison Jr., Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, a receiving core that's better than his receiving core right now, and an offensive line that has three NFL players? And the people spoke about his S2 scores, football IQ, and all those three things. He's just going down the line of, what did they say I couldn't do? I'm going to do that to the highest level. Yeah, So for him to go out and knock out the so-called weaknesses right now has just been everything you want to see from CJ
0: Stroud. All right, let's get into Anthony Richardson. Who Anthony Richardson, shout out to Joe. All right, my guy Joe, Joe Knows. I was talking about Anthony Richardson as a first-round draft pick like last September, which at that time – Due to Richardson's game film and his history, there were a lot of people who doubted he'd be a first-round draft pick. But the NFL, when they see traits, when they see size, when they see speed, and when they see somebody do something incredible once, any coach with an ego thinks I can make that guy do that over and over again. So Joe knew. I started to get on board. What are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson? I know he's hurt, and he's probably going to miss the rest of the season. But from what you saw in this small sample size he gave us this year?
2: I mean, I think there are a lot of reasons to remain excited about him going forward. Now, the injury, and if he does indeed miss the rest of the season, is something to overcome because he needed reps. He needed games. He needed snaps. He needed playing time. Now he's going to miss that, you know, and it's going to set that clock back a little bit. But, one, he landed in the ideal spot, you know, to to play under Shane Steichen, who has a path – to use with Richardson, similar to what he did with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, I think is a huge thing for his development because you've got that proof of concept and you were seeing it before Richardson went down with a shoulder injury, how they slowly started to like, if you remember his, his spray chart from like his first start, like every throw was to the right side of the field. It was literally, we're going to go pistol. You're going to read it to the right side, RPOs and all that stuff is going to go to one side of the field. We're going to like really shorten and it can constrict what you need to do and what you need to think about. It. And then they start to expand it. He's attacking more downfield, attacking more over the middle, attacking both sides of the field. They had the roadmap in place to get his development on track, and now it's set back a little bit. But, you know, I remember being in Lucas Oil for his combine performance, and to your point, Coach, you could you could feel the ground move. Like you could literally feel the conversation go from, hey, maybe he gets into the first round to – maybe he's going to go top 15 too. All right, this kid could go QB1, like over the course of an afternoon. And it's because of what you talked about. It's because of those traits. Like he needs reps, and so the injury is going to, you know, it's something that they're now going to have to overcome. But he's in the right spot. The talent is off the charts. The, The athletic ability is off the charts, you know, provided he stays healthy. And this might be the most important lesson for him to learn. You know, take a page out of Lamar's book. One of the things I love about Lamar is there are moments where you can see him think, look, I got a shot at turning this play into a home run, but I'm not. I'm going to slide. I'm going to duck out of bounds. I'm going to give myself up. Maybe I'm passing up a chance, even a small one at a bigger play, but I want to play the next snap. You know, I want to play the next down. Um, You're going to learn that at some point for an athletic quarterback, even somebody as big and as strong, you know, he's built like a tight end, Richardson is, but still, the more you expose yourself to hits, you know, the more the injury risk there is. So he's learning this lesson now. It's probably going to be a good thing for him going forward, but I'm still extremely excited about his potential.
0: And with Anthony Richardson going down, I would assume the Colts will lose more games down the stretch than they would have if Richardson was there, which in turn benefits anthony richardson because the Colts will have a higher draft pick. And in our latest mock, we actually had Brock Bowers going with the Colts. Oh, so man, it'd be very be interesting. Fantastic. Yeah. Be very interesting to see him over there. Ephraim, what are your thoughts on Richardson?
1: Yeah, I love it all so far. It is tough to see him go out for a guy who needs all the reps he can right now with only 13 college football games played. And and Mark said it perfectly the fit with Shane Steichen is awesome. Steichen knows how to utilize his skills, his running, the rocket arm. And we went into this to the season saying, okay, Anthony Richardson doesn't have a lot of games played, but besides the accuracy, how pro ready is he? Right? We know he's not gonna hit all his passes on a down to down basis. But so far he's been able to make the reads, go through progressions, command an offense. And he'll get some he'll get snaps, he'll get some time, and he'll hone in his accuracy, but everything else is there, right? Like all the intangibles, all the IQ. So yeah.
0: I love that they paired him with Josh Downs too, because Josh yeah. Downs is—he's so Mark. Mark, you're a Patriots fan, right?
2: Yes, I unfortunately am right now. Well, but yeah.
0: well right now, I mean, but yeah. we, we don't, we don't, we don't
2: pity. No, you. I don't get any sympathy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Uh,
0: but Josh Downs to me is like a Bill Belichick receiver. Like he's an Adelman, Welker. He, he's a guy who plays the middle of the field so well, and he knows how to create major, massive, passive passing windows. He's just. I love quarterback friendly wide receivers yeah. and Josh Downs is quarterback friendly. Michael, Michael uh, Piment is the alpha, but Downs is like, he's the go-to he's, he's the guy. Cause he's going to yep. get open. He's going to create windows in, in short areas too. So that that's a fun tandem to watch over the next few years. So now this next quarterback, Bryce young up in the air, tough landing spot going to Carolina. He's got to deal with the size, you know, What are your thoughts on Bryce Young, what you've seen, and kind of what you expect?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a a rockier start, say, for him than I think the other two. Um, Then he had the injury, so he missed a little bit of time there as well. But I think over the past couple of weeks, you've started to see him sort of, I I, I don't want to say, like, take huge steps forward, but settle in. You know, settle into that offense, settle into playing the NFL game. You know, early, I'd say through the first half, maybe three quarters against Miami, I thought he looked really good. You know, they had the early lead, then they started to give that away because Miami's so explosive. But he had some throws in that game. He had a crossing route to Thielen, you know, where he's got a guy in his face and he stands in there, he takes the hit and puts it on the money. He had a couple of throws over the middle in that game that I thought were extremely well-placed, leading receivers away from the leverage of the nearest defender, reading the coverages extremely well. It's still more of a work in progress than I'd say certainly Shroud and perhaps to an extent Richardson. But I think Panthers fans can look at the past couple of weeks and see, okay, well, he's at least on a path. Now, they do need help around him, certainly. Like, they need more receiving help. You know, it would be great if he had, like, say, I don't know, a DJ Moore or something like that, but they don't. Brandon Ayuk's
0: um, going to be a free agent. The- yeah, oh. I mean, look,
2: that would be a fantastic fit there. Uh, you know, anytime you get the sort of change of play callers, you start to wonder as well. You know, that's never a good sign, but – Look, I still remain optimistic about his path and growth and trajectory. You know, you just need to see a little bit more from him. And I always try to tell people, look, you know, as long as that rookie quarterback is a better QB in January than they were, say, in August when the season began, you can feel comfortable where they're going. And I think while it's had some peaks and valleys and a little bit of a rocky start, he's going to get there by the end of the season.
0: Yeah, he's got the toughest, I think, the toughest road ahead – do yeah. the team he's on. And also, Carolina doesn't have a first round pick next year. They're not going to be able to. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to build around him in free agency. And like I mentioned, you know, a guy like Brandon Ayuk, you need to get a separator. Get, yep. get, you know, get Bryce Young. Adam Thielen has been great. Yep. You know, but these 30 Adam Thielen
2: at 33. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so Bryce Young, he's got a tough road ahead. And it's not just because of his skill set, it's because of the team, the franchise and what the t- franchise is going to be able to put around him. And Ephraim, what are your thoughts on Bryce Young?
1: It, it hasn't been great so far, but as you said, they don't really got many weapons on the offense. So when you, have, Especially no one who isn't an explosive threat, everything gets shrunk, right? You have to make all your throws within 10, 15 yards, and, and the defense can kind of just key in on that. My only concern with Bryce Young is whether the mistakes he's making right now and the habits and the confident hits he's taking are going to affect him later on. Like That's the reason you don't play a quarterback in his rookie year, especially when the team isn't ready because you don't want him to start making these throws or second-guessing himself. And then in his second, third year, he's still doing the same thing and can't get out of that rut. So hopefully they pick up a free agent not named Brandon Ayuk from my 49ers, but someone else. They they figure out some some later-round draft picks. I do like the coaching staff. I like Frank Reich. I like the positional coaches that got out there. So hopefully they're able to fix this around in a year or two years. but Whatever, it's five games. Not a great start for Bryce song but there's a lot of football left in the season.
0: All right. All right. We're going to get into this 2024 NFL draft quarterback class. Which everybody's here for. I do want to recommend check out toiletstitles.com. We got NFL draft player profiles. We did a mock draft. Well, it's our second mock draft. We're going to do them uh, twice a month. Until we get closer to the drafts, so we got tons of stuff going on over there. Also, if you play fantasy football, we got tons of stuff going on with the channel. If You want to join our Gilded Chat, that's our community chat with the Title Tribe. We have over 200 members in there. We're talking fantasy football, NFL draft, gambling, all that stuff. Reach out to me on the Twitter at Coach Shep, or you can email us toilets of titles at gmail.com. Say Coach sent you. I'll get you a link to the Gilded Chat. You can join, join the Title Tribe, and we'll be chatting throughout the week. All right, Caleb Williams. All right, this guy, like, I feel like, you know, it's hard to say generational because it feels like we get a dude every two to three years at this point. But Caleb Williams, like, since Trevor Lawrence, since, you know, who's who's the guy that you can remember over the last decade or so that had as much buzz as a Caleb Williams? Put me on the spot.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, there were pockets – of the football world that had buzz about Mahomes, not everybody, but right. there were certainly people that were like, look, this kid could be different. Um, you know, certainly Lawrence had that sort of, yeah, this is, this is a generational type prospect. People like to burn up Locke as well as somebody that had that sort of generational tag. You know, I think what's interesting, I will say that at least in some circles, the conversation around Williams has shifted a bit. You know, there were outliers say in the summer that were like, no, 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 maybe, maybe Drake May could make a case here for QB1. You know, we're doing this after the Notre Dame game, which I I think when we get into, say, February and March and April, and you have some people that are going to make a sort of case for somebody else instead of Caleb Williams as their QB1, they'll come to this game. You know, they'll come to the Notre Dame film and say, Look how he did when he was getting pressure. Look how he did when guys weren't separated on a consistent basis. And you know he's trying to have it to create a little bit. He's trying to perhaps do too much. They'll point to this game as a reason why they'll feel comfortable moving off the Caleb Williams QB one discussion. You know, I still think you go through his film, you see NFL throws. I mean, take away the like creativity, you know, the splash plays, the the playmaking ability, the stuff outside the pocket. He had a throw against Arizona State. They motioned to the fast fast motion out of the backfield to a three-by-two, and he's reading the frontside concept. It's not there. He comes backside to the drift, looks at the under, comes off that, gets to basically his fifth read of the progression with the backside dig. That's NFL stuff. I mean, the backside dig is such a huge, huge part of the way the game is played today. And there he is going frontside concept. Route four, backside dig and hit it in on time in rhythm, just an NFL level throw. That's stuff you see on the Stafford level. That's stuff you see on the Jared Goff, Sean McVay type of offenses that are sort of everywhere in the NFL today. And so I'm still a huge believer in Caleb Williams. You know, I'm not ready to start ranking these guys or anything like that, but he's a tremendously talented prospect. I know people will look at the Notre Dame game and say, this is why I'm wary. I think it was just a bad game. Those happen.
0: Man, I think, yeah, I think I'd be very surprised if Caleb Williams isn't the first player off the board. You know, it would
2: stun me. It would honestly stun <laughs> me at this point. But, like, look, you know, stranger things have happened. You yeah. know, stranger things have happened. I mean, I remember, right. you know, certainly some draft classes, whether it was like, you know, there, there's no way that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the first quarterback taken. Mm. You know, Watson, Mahomes, like these guys are really good. And, you know, all it takes is one team, one GM to say, you know what? We're gonna go in a different direction here, but sitting here right now, he still looks like QB one to me.
0: Yeah, I just don't know why my guy Dorian Singer isn't producing. Transfer from Arizona, I thought he was gonna no. come over to USC and put up monster numbers, which he, which he hasn't. But Ephraim, what are your thoughts on Caleb Williams?
1: I couldn't agree more. It was a bad game versus a great defense. When you have a Heisman season the year before and you've been playing great, you had like twenty, it was like twenty three touchdowns and one interception going into this game. Heisman favorite as well this season. It was a tough game, and, and people will look in February and say, hey, this is what happens when Caleb Williams is always tried to make a play. When you come to the NFL, the athletes are better, and you struggle to do that more. And the point to you know, Zach Wilson trying to do that, right? Zach Wilson coming to the league and trying to make all these crazy plays and, and with the athletes being much better in the NFL. And That's not calling Caleb Williams a bust. That would just be people saying to be wary on him. The thing that they don't understand is that Caleb Williams just makes the throws from the pocket as well. You could sit there five yards and just – Deliver dimes 10, 20 yards down the field. And then in three in three weeks from now, when Cable Williams has a couple multi-touchdown games with a couple hundred yards passing every week, we won't hear about this Notre Dame game for a while.
0: Yeah, people get bored. People get bored when like somebody's name is at the top. They, you know, everybody has a bad game. I don't care. And also USC is just outmanned. You no, know, this is the first time I can remember Notre Dame being good and actually being good. Like, there's been times they've been good, but they were never. I don't think they're as good as they were being sold for. Like, this year, I think they're good. I think they're good all around. I don't know if they're the best team in the nation. I'm not saying that. I just think they're very well put together they play a good brand of football. And, and they knew how to shut down Caleb Williams in that offense. I mean, they were getting to him with a front four, so they were able to drop seven. And like, they just, it just seemed like defenders were everywhere. You know, like it just seemed like they were everywhere. But this next guy is my guy, Drake May. And it's not – I wouldn't take him over Caleb Williams. It's almost I've accepted the fact that Caleb Williams isn't going to be there. And I'm a Cowboys fan. I doubt we take a quarterback. But I know, no chance it would be Caleb Williams. You know, so if this is the guy who – this is my pipe dream. 6'5", 220 pounds. I think he's got the the highest – quarterback rating on throws 20 plus yards man he, he was number eight in ACC last year in Russian yards I think he's received the third he's had the 13th most pressures from opposing defenses this so he's seen pressure he's got a big arm he knows how to make the big play every now and then I feel like he's so used to avoiding the pocket and he's he's, he's got such a good arm that he relies on kind of shaky mechanics i'd like to see him set his feet on some of his throws outside the pocket but i mean this guy just just looks the part and now he's got unc who besides tez walker you know i don't know how much on that offense is i haven't dived into the north carolina offense but i don't know how many of those guys are going to be playing on sundays you know and they're number 10 in the nation so what are your thoughts on drake may
2: yeah i mean look you kind of summed it up extremely well i'm it, it's very much a 1a 1b for me you know you could put williams 1 or 1a or, or may 1a okay i see it and all of what you said you know the big arm the athleticism and all of that is accurate he also shows you flashes of like little subtle pocket movement too he had a throw against minnesota and the fourth quarter early in the fourth quarter where it's just he's just moving and sliding and creating a little bit of space like he's got the ability to do it both ways you know and you see that as well from Williams and you see it from some of the other guys we're going to talk about but I love when a quarterback because you're not always going to have that front door or back door to escape on sometimes it's just you got to click and climb you've got to just create a little bit of space like a boxer and he can do that as well obviously has the big arm you look through the four interceptions this year like Two of those were like right through somebody's hands, you know, and and one of my favorite games of him was actually the Clemson game last year where they lost in the ACC championship game. But you saw the competitive toughness battled into that game. I actually wrote about it earlier this year at SB Nation. Like it's a reason why, you know, I think he's going to go extremely early in the draft when he comes out. You know, he might go QB one. There might be that one organization was like, you know what? I really like the way this kid plays the position does all the little things we like, trust him a little bit more to not make the mistakes. Like we just talked about Caleb Williams. Again, he's a big reason why there's a lot of excitement about this QB class.
0: Yeah. Ephraim, Drake, May. I got
1: the, I got him in Caleb Williams, one, a one B right now. Okay. I think it's, it's pretty close. He's 6'5, 220. You could throw the ball deep. He loves throwing the ball deep. There's a lot of young quarterbacks who have that arm talent, but aren't super comfortable or super tactical 20 plus yard passes. I, I mean, that left-handed pass this week right? yeah. or the, the two, yeah, two weeks week ago, ago. Was, was, yeah. was fantastic right and he's right. making he's going through his reads he's doing everything you want a traditional qb to do he he has it all right now there's a little bit of the pocket presence where he's a little too comfortable and get you know not set his feet and over on throws but there's everything there's everything you want of a college quarterback to do and he loves trying new things out every play you'll see him make throws to the left make throws to the right you see he, people have been, been talking about how drake may hasn't been targeting the middle of the field. And then the last two weeks, he's just been dialing it in in the middle of the field. He's just putting out a complete package in, yeah. of a draft profile.
0: Man, it's almost like he's putting out a resume, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like here, here's what I can do while winning. And I, 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 for some reason, see him going to Denver and seeing that that division having Patrick Mahomes, you know, Drake May, Justin Herbert, which would be like, man, that would be a lot. And then lot if the Raiders
2: draft somebody... From this class, too. Yeah, well, it might be one of
0: these guys. And this next guy we're going to talk about, Michael Penix, probably the biggest riser, right? We're going to talk about some other guys. Michael Penix, you know, I think he was kind of, you know, he wasn't in the top two tiers, and I think there were some injury concerns. There were some age concerns. But right now he's kind of quieting those concerns with production and the way he's playing, and he's playing on a big stage, and he just went toe-to-toe with Bo Nix, who's the next guy we're going to talk about, and he won. Yeah. right and, he, and his receivers are, are doing work he's making them look good but he's got some studs at that position and you can't blame him for producing with those studs but he's connecting and he's put on a lot of big time highlights so what are your thoughts on michael Penix from washington
2: yeah i mean in the back of my mind this summer i was like this kid could be qb3 you know i loved watching him last year that game between these two teams last year was perhaps the game of the year in my mind when they went to it until last year and he had thrown that game whole shot right sideline I mean, right hash mark to left sideline where he absolutely throws it on a frozen rope and split the safety in the corner. And it was one of those watching it live where I yelled like I woke up the rest of the family. Yeah. And I was just screaming. It was just such an incredible throw. And then, you know, when other people were doing their sort of, you know, summertime scouting work, people would slide in the DMs and be like, hey, what do you think about Michael Penix? I, mean, I just started watching him. I like watch. I would give him the timestamp. I almost had it memorized by the time the summer was over, like watch this throw. The kid has a huge, huge arm. And obviously the production is is through the roof this year. And like you said, look, coach, he's got great receivers, but he's taking advantage of those receivers. The vertical ball is incredible. I could certainly push it downfield, but you're seeing also some other stuff get filled in, right? Thrown over the middle, attacking underneath a little bit, anticipation, time and rhythm. I think the question some might have is, is he just like a nine ball specialist? Like, is that what he's going to be the next level. I remember guys like Davis Webb, where It was like nine ball or nothing. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I think he's also showing this year, and he showed a little bit this weekend of doing more than just pushing it downfield. Huge arm, absolutely love the way he can push the ball downfield. The age, the injury, and stuff like that, that's going to be up to teams and doctors and, and everything else. But from what I see on film, huge fan, huge fan of what he's done.
0: All right, Ephraim, what are your thoughts on Michael Penix?
2: I'm gonna have to go the other way on Michael
1: Penix. I understand massive arm, and he pushes the ball downfield like any other college, like up there with the best in college football. He is the stats to back it up. He's the Heisman favorite right now. Then I was watching some film, and you see, you know, Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan, and I think J- Jalen Pope. I forget that they have the third receiver. They have arguably the best receiving core in the country with Ohio State. And there's a lot of plays where you just see Romo Dunze leaping up and Jalen McMillan leaping up, and he has some ball placement issues where he's overstriding he's not setting well and because of that the ball is going too high and that's been an issue the whole season and that's been an issue his whole career but I do think it's not accuracy concerns but it's ball placements concerns where in the NFL you got to put the ball in the numbers if you want unless you have a Romo dunze level guy in the NFL, which oftentimes of that NFL caliber you don't you can't rely on that he's older with injury concerns which which is more of like a February March March uh, type of conversation, but that that is an issue. And then his offensive line is ridiculous. Like five sacks and 700 dropbacks. You're not getting that in the NFL. He's standing behind. He's standing there with all the time in the pocket with the best receivers in college football, allowing him to just dial passes 20 yards down the field without any, without without any concerns, right? You're not going to get that in the NFL, and that's why I'm a little more hesitant. When you get a guy like Michael Penix on an NFL roster as a rookie that can't hold up like that. We'll really see what he's doing, but um, those reasons just I don't I don't have him as a first round guy right now. All
0: right, all right. Well, this next guy, Bo Nix, out of Oregon, who's man, he's had two careers. All right, like he's he's a college player who's feels like he's had two college player careers: being in Auburn, coming to Oregon, getting it done. Now being like a household name almost, which is you know, Oregon ain't what they used to be right where they were all over the television and the jerseys and and all that. Chip Kelly like so it's, it's bonex earning that or earning that national recognition is, is pretty big. So Mark, what are your thoughts on Bonex?
2: It's it's crazy the two different careers that he's had. Like that, yeah. I mean, the player at Auburn where it was like, you know, obviously coming in with the lineage, you know, and, and the history of, you know, his dad playing at Auburn. You know, you expected the world of him, and it didn't. Never quite came together. But then to go to you know the Pacific Northwest and put together this sort of second career to establish himself now as okay, now he's living up to the hype. Now he's living up to some of the expectations, albeit it's taken a different pathway. Where he's put himself. You know, we were joking last year at SB Nation like he's a Heisman candidate. Like where did this come from? We expected this in the SEC, not in the Pac-12. Now he's in the first-round conversation. Again, we sort of expected it. We just didn't see it coming the way that it has. It's been tremendous to watch. He's sort of cemented himself as like uh, – uh, he can make some downfield throws, show some anticipation of the downfield passing game. can also be that sort of point guard distributor type where it's like, I'm going to get the ball out, throw throws to the flat, design stuff, RPO stuff, so we can do a little bit of both. Obviously, he's got some athleticism to him, can throw well on the move, can check the sort of pocket movement box as well. He had a touchdown on mesh against Texas Tech, where again, just got to sort of create space, slide away from pressure on the interior. You don't have that outside pathway to escape, so you've got to do it on the inside of the pocket. And he does that well. He's put himself into the round one mix. I mean, of of the four we've talked about so far, I like the other three more. You know, but Ephraim wants to tell me if he wants to tell me that he he likes Knicks or Penix. I get it. There's reason to believe in that.
0: Well, so with Knicks, it's sad. the way you're describing Knicks, right? And the way you describe Penix, it sounds like Penix is the higher ceiling, but maybe maybe Knicks has the higher floor, which, you know, that's what's your flavor in the first round. Right. And sometimes right. you pick your flavor when both are available. And sometimes you just pick what's available because you're desperate for a quarterback, you know, and then you let it ride. But Ephraim, what are your thoughts on Bo Knicks?
1: Mark took the words right out of my mouth. He's been amazing. The, tale of two college football programs for Bo Nix. You don't see that often, and I'll just say, people are talking about this Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. with Michael Penix being the higher ceiling. He's going to be a 23, 24-year-old rookie with, with some injury concerns, so just to keep that in mind, but all right, Bo Nix is much more accurate than he was in Auburn, but he's also much more controlled, where he's sitting in the pocket and not making these dumb moves, where he's running five yards behind the line to hit an out route on the other hash, right? He's not doing that anymore. He knows his limitations, and because of that, he's He's able to fully excel in the offense. They got some good weapons. They got uh Troy, Troy Flanken Jr., right? Troy Flanken Jr. Yeah, kidding, high yeah. Flyer, right? But he's doing everything. Everything, if you're if you're an NFL coach and you want a guy who, who could just play in the offense, do all the little things, make the reads you want him to do, make the downfield passing when you want him to, he could step in and do that right away.
0: Man, but well, Bo Nix ain't young. He, he he's gonna be twenty-four. No, yeah, in yeah. So, but he doesn't have the injury concerns. I I understand what you're saying. All right, I briefly gonna touch on two more quarterbacks. So those are the four I I would think are gonna be first-round guys. Then we got Shador Sanders. Who's gonna probably go back to Colorado? That seems to be the vibe, especially because he's gonna be able to make some money there. I expect they're gonna have another good recruiting class. They're gonna have actually probably gonna have a better transfer class than the recruiting class because I think there's gonna be a lot of people who want to be a part of what Deion Sanders has going on over there. Because guess what, Deion Sanders ain't gonna be doing it at the college level for too much longer. Because I think in about three or four years, you're gonna see him on an NFL sideline. Somebody's gonna be willing to pay that man, and uh, he's gonna show up. So Shadour Sanders exciting big arm playmaker just kind of carry like and also it's a lot to be said about carrying a program week one you know Colorado what did they win one game like last year they were awful they go to TCU and they play a team that was in the national championship mind you their quarterback's gone which means a lot Max Duggan regardless of what you think of him as an NFL quarterback he's gone heart and soul of that team Quentin Johnson is gone. Running back's gone. Zach Evans is gone. Right. Two running backs, right? Mm-hmm. Demarcado, I think, is the other guy who's in the NFL now. Um, Shador Sanders goes to TCU week one with the, you know, then beats him. And then there's high expectations. Everyone's looking for them to fail. So I guess I'm just saying he doesn't seem rattled, which is, is something that you can't necessarily measure, but means a lot for a quarterback. And then we got Quinn Ewers. Who well, he's had the expectations, but he has seemed rattled at times. Goes from Ohio State, heads to Texas, has big moments, has low moments. He seems like he can make every throw, but the fact that he makes he can make every throw, I feel like I don't know if he take, I don't know if take it for granted is the word I'd use, but he he relies too much on his ability to improvise. And I would like to see him clean it up. Just because you can make that throw, or you can make that throw like that, doesn't mean you should make it like that. What I mean is those side angle arms, and you know, make the throw the proper way when when you should. Yeah. You know, improvise when you should. So that's. But Quinn Ewers, he's probably going to be cheaper than these other guys. He's going to be a developmental guy, which also means he'll likely go to a team that is probably built better which probably, you know, so sometimes that works out for a guy. So what are your thoughts on kind of the back end of the higher end of this quarterback class?
2: Yeah, I've been impressed by both players. I've seen this narrative uh, with Sanders that he's like taking sacks because he doesn't want throw picks. There's a We have already reached – and weird.
0: It's weird. This
2: probably speaks to his rise and the potential that we're already dealing with anonymous scout season when it comes to him who, like you said – probably going to go back because like you, they're going to get a great transfer class to probably hit on some recruits. They're going to want to run it back with him and Travis and not just turn the program around like they've already done this year, but make a run next year. I think they can do that. So I expect he's going to go back. But this idea, like I went through all 33 of his sacks today just to get ready for the show. And I don't see evidence of that. Uh, That There are a lot of sacks where it's like, he's just got a free runner or they're going zero blitz and he doesn't like there was one sack where he's running a three-step drop from gun and it's on a mesh concept and he's hitting that third step, but he's already got the left tackle beaten and a defensive end in his lap. Like if you take a sack on that play, it's not because you don't want to throw a pick. It's because you didn't have a chance. I see more of that than anything else. So this idea that he's like taking sack, I don't see any, any evidence of that at all. His game against USC was phenomenal. You know, Travis is hurt. You know, they're down. To come back the way they did the fourth quarter touchdown to the freshman receiver, where he's throwing it on the move and threading the needle. Playmaking skills, big arm. You can even see, look, progression reads have him going like one to two to three to check down. He's doing some of the little things too that when we have the discussion about a lot of people will mention the playmaking skills, the big arm, the creativity, but he's also doing the little things too, which I think are very impressive for Quinn. All of what you said is why my favorite throw of his was just a simple crossing route against Oklahoma because it's pistol play action back to the defense. So he has to turn his eyes on it. He gets his eyes downfield that he's got a pressure point of pressure in his face. He has to step around it and then still makes an on time and rhythm throw. It's just a quick short read throw, but it's all of the sort of mature stuff you want to see the quarterback do not the I'm going to create, I'm going to run around uh, which you spoke so well about. It's the little stuff. I thought he's, he's, he's taking some big steps forward as a quarterback this year. I think some of it is a confidence thing. Like He believes in the offense. He believes in the people around him now. He believes in his environment. I think the fact that like he knows he's the guy, right? Because if you get got a big name recruit coming in, people are already saying, oh, well, when's it going to be this guy's turn? He's like, no, no, no. It's my offense. This is my team. I'm not looking over my shoulder. I'm not worried about getting benched or anything like that. I think that's been huge for his confidence level. And a confident quarterback is a successful one. And so I like both of these guys. I'm curious to see what they decide to do. Quinn, I expect, comes up, but maybe not. I expect Shador goes back to school. But whatever they do, I'm going to be watching because they've excited me.
0: Right. And Texas might, I mean, Quinn, you know, having that player behind him. We know Shador, he comes back. Like, you don't know, even have to worry yeah. about it. But, you know, having Arch Manning sitting back there, you know, might encourage him. And, and you know, he's been around you know, it might be his time. He might want to go get that big. And he, he seems to be a guy who likes to change the scenery going from Ohio state to Texas. Maybe he's ready to make a move again. His bags are already packed, but Ephraim, we'll wrap this up before we wrap this up, what are your thoughts on these two quarterbacks?
1: I really like both of them. I would be really surprised if Drew Sanders did come out. Like you said, he could just sit back, get a ton of money, get a much better roster and, and go for a title shot next season, which is crazy. If you're talking about a program like Colorado, he's great. He's great. Mark said it like, He's a playmaker, but he could also make reads. And, and with a guy who's as big of a name as Shadur Sanders in college football, he's a ton of poise in the pocket. He, he He's confident. And, and and people forget that it's his first season playing against these top college football teams. And he's doing it like he's been doing it his whole life, right? He can make the passes, you know, 20 yards down the field. He can extend plays. And then he knows that it hit the 5, 10-yard dump-offs. The 30% pressure to rate will – be a big concern and it will be something that hopefully if Colorado gets a better O-line next year, he could, you can improve on, right? Like Mark was talking about how he's getting hit on the first step of Meshras. So you can't really do anything against that. And hopefully next year, you know, we get to see more tape of him for Quinn. I just want to see him hit more of the easy checkdowns, the easy passes. His deep ball is a little concerning to me. And then he, he's going to be that mold if coming to the NFL. Can you develop him and can you hone in his playmaking skills well, trying to take away as much of that interception on first down, chuck the ball nonsense, he's been doing at his time in Texas. He's the good, he's the bad, and hopefully he goes later, like you said. So he goes to a team with not only a good offense but a good play caller and a good head coach who know to utilize his talents.
0: When I watch Quinn Ewers, it's not size, it's not it, it's it's sometimes it's just the the hit or miss of their play. He, I see it reminds me a little bit of when I watched Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming you know, like just kind of the the traits, but he's just kind of a little all over the place. And I don't know if he can get it together and do it on a consistent basis. And I'm sure there are other quarterbacks like that. And maybe more so like Quinn, but that's just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not sure he can do it on a regular basis, but if he can, what he can do will make him a very good quarterback, but it's, I think it's, you know, Josh Allen went to a good situation there in Buffalo. And I think Quinn Ewers is going to need to go to a good situation. He's going to need, need to have some weapons. He's going to need to have a good quarterback coach who believes in him and and a GM and a fan base that's a steady, you know, pr- like he can't be in some volatile situation. He can't go to the Raiders, right? The Raiders would be terrible for him. So there's, I, I feel like he's somebody, go somewhere quiet, develop, you know, but – he doesn't get to choose. We don't get to choose. And, and we will see what happens. All right. But Mark, it has been incredible having you on. Ephraim, I appreciate you coming back. Mark, why don't you let everybody know where they can find your content and what you've been working on?
2: Uh well, blast to be here. Always fantastic to be with you guys. Ephraim, fantastic. Get to know you a little bit. I'm excited to see what you got coming out. Coach, always a blast. We'll be chatting about Starfield again. Uh, I, I know for sure. Um, uh, you can follow me on X bird app twitter whatever we're calling it these yeah. days right there at Mark Schofield uh um mostly NFL but they let me do a lot of other stuff mostly F1 uh, in terms of other stuff so I get to do that as well we get the U.S. Grand Prix this weekend but guys this was a blast let's do it again soon
0: man maybe we'll uh we'll chat we do some mock drafts every now and then we have some guest mockers all right, maybe maybe we I'll can find a way I'll to be, work you down. into one of those. We go. Put your put your name on it. We're gonna be working on another one in two weeks. So everybody, we appreciate you. This is on the clock, this is episode number 38. This is part of the Toilets Titles Podcast Network. If you want to see our latest mock draft, go to titles.com, it'll be on the main page. If you're listening to this later on, because this is evergreen content until the NFL draft, baby. You can go to the NFL draft tab, you can look at all of our mock drafts, our big board, our player profiles. We have you covered up until the 2024 NFL Draft, and then we'll have you covered for the 2025 NFL Draft and beyond. We will catch you all later on. Take care.